Hey, we'll be discussing all things Star Trek today on The Truth Must Be Told. Stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, welcome to Trek Tuesday here on The Truth Must Be Told. I'm glad you're here. It's been a fun weekend. <clears throat> Nothing but rain down here in Alabama. We're having ourselves a great time down here. It's uh, been raining on and off now for a while and getting into those uh, rainy day blues type of thing, you know, so we're we're just hanging in there as best we can. So anyway, good to see y'all. I hope you're, uh, hope you're doing well and your weekend was well. Um, you know, be, uh, I'm also going live on Facebook today. I hope everything is, since here, my key rate is too low, whatever that means. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm not going to start, start, start it all over again. So we're just going to have to go with it as we go with it and we'll see what happens and just see what, um, let's see how it, how it performs here. So I hope you all are seeing me here and, um. If you have any questions, concerns, want to join in on the show, definitely give your comments here. <laughs> All right. And maybe I will be going on to, um, uh, maybe I will be going on to, let's see, put this over here to auto. Let's uh, lower this here just a bit. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know why it's not doing it. I just see my pretty face up there. I don't know whether the... Audio portion is working. It says it is. Every two to four seconds. Free rate. Hmm. I don't know. Should be going good. I don't understand why it's not. Just bear with me one moment here. We're having a bit of technical difficulty beyond our control here. Just hold on. I've got it the right way, so I don't know what the problem is here. So, well, Facebook, you're just being a pain in the neck. So, um, anyway. All right. Well, I don't know if you can hear me or not or what's going on, but uh, I think I'm going to end this here on Facebook and I'll record it all. Oh, no. Well, it's showing me live 57 here, 57 seconds. I don't know. All right. Maybe it's working. Who knows? All right. So, all right. So, anyway, before I start, <clears throat> Before I start today's show, and I'm uh, uh, I'm glad to be here live on Facebook with you, and this will be uh, rebroadcast on Instagram, and it will always be available on anchor.fm slash sal-passos. <clears throat> Before we start, though, I want to give a shout-out to Tom and all the gang there at uh, Holly's Pawn. Now, if you live in the Mobile, Alabama area, go visit Holly's Pawn. There are two locations. There's one in Sarah Land at 11 South Highway uh, 43. In Saraland, and the other one is in Sims at 7801 Moffat Road. That's the one I go to all the time. If you're in the market for a gun or ammo, Holly's has it. Uh, perhaps you're looking to get that special someone, a special gift, and you'll find it there too. And the folks that work there at Holly's are very, very friendly and very helpful, and one of my favorite places to go. So visit them in person or check out their Facebook pages. There's one uh, for 
Sims and one for Sarah Lynn. That's Holly's H-O-L-L-E-Y apostrophe S, Pawn. And uh, tell Tom that I said hello, that you heard it here on The Truth Must Be Told. Not that I get anything for it, nor am I charging him for that. Uh, but I just want you uh, folks to go ahead and, uh, you know, if you're in the Mobile, Alabama area and you're listening, definitely go uh, definitely go check him out. He's a great guy. It's nice when you go in there to be known. They know who you are, and that's important to me. And that's good, that's good family business, and I really enjoy that. <clears throat> All right, so... Happy birthday to Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes, Captain Picard himself. 81 years old and he's still going strong. Do you believe that? 81 years old. Oh, God, I hope I'm going to be that strong and outgoing at 81 years old. Wow. Um, He has a new series, Picard, that's on, uh, he's producing for CBS or it's Paramount now. And you can see that on uh, the Paramount uh, app. That's a Paramount Network, or it used to be CBS um, All Access. Now they changed it to Paramount. Uh, so definitely go see that. And it's going to be renewed for a second season. I did watch the whole first season of it, and it was pretty good. Um, it's definitely different from the original Star Trek series, and a lot of people are like, if it's not the original series, that's Star Trek, and we're not watching it, and I don't think it's anything. All right, well, whatever. Because I also watched all of Discovery on Star Trek as well, and that's uh, on uh, CBS All Access as well as well as that stupid new show they got called Lower Decks, which eh, I could take it or leave it. It's an animated version. But uh, if you get a chance to go, you know, to see those, uh, you know, go ahead. Now, I have to be honest with you. You know, being a... uh, Oh, and we want to wish Picard all the best and uh, Sir Patrick Stewart all the best. I love his commercials. Have you seen his commercials with with Luke Skywalker or what's his name, Mark Hamill? (laughs) They're funny, (laughs) you know. (laughs) <laughs> there, I think it's for uh, Grubhub or something like that, and they order a uh, they order food and and then it's your turn, Pat. I think they're playing Connect Four. I think it's what they're doing. And, and he says, "It's your turn, Patrick." And he says, "That's Sir Patrick." And Mark Hamill says, "Ew, you know, yeah, because he is he has been knighted." So we say, "Sir Patrick Stewart," and uh, God bless him. It's really wonderful. Now, I have to be honest with you. Um, I've been a hardcore, the original series fan, okay? So that's the Kirk, Spock original series, and they are, that's always been my favorite. And uh, when The Next Generation came out, and this is no reflection on Picard at all, or Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, but but I was a bit dis- perturbed about it, and I didn't watch it. I didn't watch the show at all. I mean, uh, after all, who could replace Kirk and Spock, right? I mean... How dare they come out with this new thing, new uniforms, a new ship? I mean, it just it was like it was like totally crazy. I mean, they they advanced it 75, 80 years into the future, 70, 80 years beyond uh Kirk and they they you know, and I was like, "Well, what's going on here?" But it wasn't until many many years later that I began watching the show. And I really should have given it a chance. You know, the first few episodes let me sort of eh Encountered Farpoint was good. Yes, was his, his first uh, his first meeting with Q, and John Delancey does a wonderful job as Q. Uh, and by the way, John Delancey wants to make uh, uh, appearance either permanently or semi permanently onto the new Picard series. So we'll see how that flies out. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but I thought that was interesting. And um, there was a you know, like I said, the first few episodes kind of left me flat. It was. 
Encounter of Farport was good, but when they went to um, when they started doing, they redid an episode of one of the original series um, where there was some kind of sickness on board the ship, and everybody was touching each other, and it, it transferred to each other, and it was the same storyline from the original series. But uh, all in all, though, the Next Generation was a decent series. I began to watch it and begin to like it. Uh, my favorite episode on the Next Generation. There were several episodes that I really liked. Darmok, I think, was phenomenal. That was a really good episode with, um, with uh, oh, I forget the actor's name who was in it, plays, uh, plays the guy. But anyway, that was great. He had to learn, Picard had to learn to speak to this uh, alien species uh, by use of, um, of um, metaphors. That's how they communicated with each other. And I uh, thought that was really, really good. Uh, yesterday's Enterprise was good. Anything to do with time travel on these shows. I'm a big time travel fanatic. I love stuff where people go back in time or forward in time. And that, 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 that kind of, I love that stuff. And uh, Yesterday's Enterprise was good. They, they ran into the Enterprise C. So they brought a whole bunch of stuff back into that and did the storyline around that and uh, how they were meant to go back through and, and be destroyed by the Romulans. And uh, they saved the Klingons, and that opened up the Klingons to negotiations with the uh, Federation. I thought it was really good. Uh, Devil's Due, I thought was a fun little episode. A uh, woman claimed to be Satan, and she was um, going to take over this planet because they had a contract, and Picard fooled, uh, showed them that she, that she was just fooling them and that she has no claim. And I thought that was a really, really decent episode. That was fun. But my favorite all-time episode was The Inner Light. <clears throat> now, I know maybe of you may not agree with me on that. If you have a uh, comment, you know, please put it here in the in the thing. But um, I'd like to know, I mean, what was your favorite uh, Next Generation episode, if you have one? The thing with uh, The Inner Light, though, was my, one of my absolute favorites because, okay, so the Enterprise encounters an ancient alien probe, all right? And when the crew begins to investigate it, Captain Picard is rendered unconscious. Okay, a beam, uh, a, a beam from that um, probe hits him. He gets knocked out on the bridge. He wakes up in a small village on this little backwater planet, and Picard is assured that he is a well-known member of this community named Cayman, and he's lived there his entire life. And Picard attempts to convince his family and his friends of his true identity, but as the days turn into weeks and months and eventually become years, he becomes attached to this new life and begins to question his own memories of being a starship captain. And uh, during that time, he, he, he has children, he has grandchildren, and he tries to save the planet from, uh, from a, uh, the, the star was going nova and the planet was going to die. And after that was all over, he wakes up on the bridge of the Enterprise and realizes that it was all, you know, just a dream or something, or, or an inter interactive, an interactive uh, program of some sort. And he wakes up on the bridge of the Enterprise, finding that only 25 minutes have passed while he, while he lived a whole life on this planet called Catan. And I just thought that was it's such a great, great, great episode. And during that episode, uh, Picard had a um, he learned how to play this flute. Now he didn't know how to play the flute. He they found out he, he found out he was a metal worker, but he made this little penny whistle type of flute, and uh, it's called a Resican flute, and uh, it was uh, it, it's such a great little thing. And they they made this song for the episode, 
which I actually have as the ringtone on my phone. It was absolutely wonderful um, little little tone, and, and he learned how to play this. And while he was learning how to play it, uh, he learned how to play it and became very, very good at it. Um, let's see here. Can I do this with, uh, let's see here. Um, just once. Just open it up and play it. I just, I really enjoy this. It's just, um, come on. Why can't you just do what I tell you to do? It's very, very annoying. Anyway, I can't, uh, I can't find it on here. It's if you have, look up the inner light song on uh, YouTube, you'll hear it being played. Absolutely beautiful little me melody. And uh, it, I, I got to admit that the end of the episode it brought tears to my eyes. Now, interestingly enough, just some fun facts about the flute itself. The flute is not a uh, playable prop. It, it was just uh, I mean, Picard, obviously, you know, St Patrick Stewart couldn't uh, play that flute in uh, real life, so they they dubbed over it. But from October fifth to October seventh of two thousand and six. The Resican flute was one of the items up for bid on the Christie's official studio auction of Star Trek memorabilia. The prop flute, which cannot actually be played, was originally estimated to have a sale price of $300. Auction directors admitted, excuse me, that their estimates for many items did not factor in the emotional fury generated around this type of material. The estimate was, estimate was later raised to $800 to $1,200 on Christie's website. In the days leading up to the auction, uh, Denise Akuda, former Star Trek scenic artist uh, and video representative or video supervisor, as well as co-writer of the auction catalog, said, that's the item people say they really have to have because it is so iconic to a much-beloved episode. The final bid for the flute at the auction was $40,000, including an additional 20% fee Christie's collected on all items from the winning bidder. The total price for the flute was $48,000. Now, on June 29, 2021, the Resican flute was auctioned during a prop store collectibles auction and sold in U.S. dollars for $190,000. $190,000. That is really, truly amazing, isn't it? To go from a $300 flute all the way up to $190. Uh, people want that. I mean, I would love to have a copy of it here. Uh, it's, it's really, a, it is a very powerful episode. Because the range of emotions that's, that uh, Sir Patrick Stewart had in that episode was, they were so wide-ranging from the anger that he felt to the emotion of um, finally, you know, settling into where he was and his uh, love for his wife, and uh, who's very pretty, by the way. I, I, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was phenomenal. And uh, he's living his whole life on this planet, Catan. And his just it ranged from anger to love to sadness to, you know, it just, it just went. It, I got to admit, it teared me up. The ending teared me up. It was really great. So that's my thing on the uh, on my favorite uh, next generation shows um, other series series that I enjoyed outside of the original series was Enterprise now I think Scott Bakula who I really love and I'm sorry Scott if you're listening 
I don't know if you are, but I'm so sorry that NCIS got got canceled on you. He was doing NCIS uh, um, New Orleans. Great up, ep- great episodes, and I love Scott. I just, I love just about everything that man's done. Um, I fell in love with his work from uh, from uh, Quantum Leap, and uh, he's just really really great. In fact, in uh, Enterprise, he's reunited with. Um, with uh, who did uh, the guy, the other guy there, in uh, the guy who always appeared? Uh, it's uh, Al. I forgot the actor's name, but he he reappears in one of the Enterprise episodes as a as a jailer, a warden of a jail. Really interesting. But um, but I think he did a great job as Captain Archer, and uh, my favorite character on the show was Doctor Flox. Uh, he was a Denoblian. He had when he smiled, his smile went from ear to ear, went up about that big. He always had to uh, use natural things. He was part of the Vulcan Medical Exchange Program uh, for new species, and he really got on board with going with uh, Scott Bakula on this trip on the Enterprise and started off. It was really good. It was really really good. There are too many good episodes to name here. Um, well, actually, one I was just thinking of. I believe it was called First Flight. Where uh, uh, Archer, Scott Bakula, and uh, Julian uh, Blalock go out, and they're in a um, shuttlecraft, and they're trying to find this uh, uh, black matter. And while they're in that, he tells the story of um, the first flight, the first uh, uh, warp two flight, and it was just really interesting because uh, what's his name it was one of the uh, one of the kung fu guys was in that with the brothers was in that I forgot what his name. I'm really terrible, right? I'm not giving you great episodes. Look it up, First Flight. Um, but I really enjoyed those episodes. They were really, really good. Again, I like Scott Bakula, and, and his character was really well. Um, the fourth season of that show was a little disappointing for me. If anybody's there listening, I don't know if I have any viewers here. I got one person. Um, one person here. But if you want to uh, you know, leave a comment, because I'm, I'm really kind of curious... If you guys have any um, any favorite episodes of Star Trek that you'd want to discuss here, we could do that live while we're here. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, the fourth the fourth season of Enterprise was a bit um, was a bit disappointing to me. Um, all the shows with Brett Spiner and the augments, you know, there was really eh, you know those eh, they were good episodes, but it, they weren't my favorites. And but of course, uh, Jolene Black uh, Blaylock was sexy enough to carry through most all those episodes. I'm sorry, but, you know, hey, I'm sanctified but not petrified. Okay, that woman is beautiful. All right. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So based on the official Star Trek chrono- chronology, the series begins 10 years, Enterprise begins 10 years prior to the founding of the, the United Federation of Planets and 90 years after the, the events of Star Trek First Contact. Uh, the episode takes place approximately 115 years prior to the start of Star Trek, the original series in 1966, and 213 years before Star Trek, the original, uh, Star Trek, the next generation. All right. So um, let's take a look at the uh, Star Trek universe, okay? Shall we? Just for a few minutes. And what happened to my thing here? Oh, wow. My clock stopped. Why? Why'd you stop? Battery went out? All right, I have to look at this. So if you see me looking over here, I'm just checking, checking the recording time because obviously my stop little 
little timer thing just died for some reason. All right. All right, so uh, I've been on for 20 minutes? Oh, okay, goodness. All right, so let's look at the Star Trek universe. Uh, Star Trek, the original series. All right, that took place from 66 to 69. Then the next in uh, chronological order of the way they were produced was the, the, uh, the, next, the animated series would have been next. Then the uh, next generation came out in 87. Deep Space Nine. I did not like Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine was probably my least favorite Star Trek thing. All right? Yeah, it takes place on a space station, and eh. You know, I was... Uh, a lot of people liked it. It ran from 93 to 99. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. There were a couple episodes in there I really liked, especially the one Trials and Tribulations. If you haven't seen that one, definitely see that one. You could probably find it somewhere. Trials and Tribulations. Uh, they go back in time. Again, a time travel thing, which I really like. And they go back to the original series. And the actors in the Deep Space Nine actually interact with the actors on the... Star Trek original series. They do that uh, Forrest Gump type of thing where they impose the actors into the original thing, which is really cool. I thought it was really, really good. But overall, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and I did watch every episode. I gave it a chance, but I did not like it at all. It was my least favorite. Voyager. Um, Star Trek Voyager ran from 95 to uh, 2001. I liked it. I liked it. I liked uh, Voyager. It was good. It was a little unnerving having a female captain. I wasn't sure how that was going to fly, but apparently it flew pretty good. Um, Catherine Janeway was a phenomenal captain, uh, um, and uh, she did a you know she she led her people. Seven of Nine, a lot of people uh, like her, didn't don't like her. Seven of Nine was a pretty good character on the show. I thought she she brought some uh, balance into it. Um, there were some you know some other things going on in there, but. For the most part, I think it was a it was a it was a great great episode, great series, and I, I thought it was well. Not one of my top favorites, but I did enjoy a lot of the episodes in that. That was pretty good. Um, then, of course, Enterprise ran from uh, two thousand and one to two thousand and five, which I'm, you know, like I said, I'm I I, I think that I think it would be, in my order of favorites would be the original series Enterprise, and then the then. Uh, the Next Generation, then Voyager. Um, Deep Space Nine would be well at the bottom of the list. And, of course, there were the theatrical movies uh, from 79 to 91. We had all uh, 79 to uh, 2016. There were lots of movies that, that came out with Star Trek. And uh, this about, what, 10? I forget. So there's, uh, there's quite a few out there. Uh, not counting the original. Actually, it's 13 when you, uh, when you delve into the uh, Kelvin timeline which is a whole other thing we'll discuss on the flip side of the break. Uh, current shows that are going on. We have Discovery. You can only see these on, uh, on CBS All Access. I think that's the only place you're going to get to see them. And you can watch the original series and all the, you can watch all of the episodes of all the shows on there if you have that. And I really want to get that back. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is on now. Show, we have the uh, Short Treks which I haven't seen. I haven't seen those. Uh, Picard went through one season, and I thought Picard was very, very good. I thought Discovery was very, very good. Uh, again, they play with alternate timelines and going back and forth in the future. I thought that was really, really great. And then there's the uh, Lower Decks, 
Star Trek Lower Decks, which is an animated series which I could take or leave. It's uh, funny in some respects, but in others, eh. All right, upcoming shows. We have um, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, which I know nothing about. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm interested to see that one. And there's also going to be uh, Star Trek Section 31, which I have no idea about that. I, those things are new. I haven't researched those at all. But I know that the Star Trek Strange New Worlds is going to be taking um, a look at, for, at uh, for the life of Captain Pike. And I think that's going to be interesting. I think that should be, it's, it's going to take place somewhere before Kirk becomes captain. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play that out. So it be, should, be, should be pretty well, should be pretty good. I'm looking forward to that, actually. So since 1966, Star Trek is alive and well. All right? 55 years and still going strong. That is unbelievable. Many things have changed in the, in the shows and what they cover and what they present and things like that. But it's still out there. Now, I also failed to mention the fan series productions. Did you know that there are fan-based series and, uh, uh, and movies that are out there? And you can find those on YouTube. There's uh, Star Trek Continues and Star Trek New Voyages, and then there are several others that go along with it. Um, they talk about the Farragut, the episodes with a bunch of stuff. In the... Um, New Voyages and Star Trek Continues, uh, These uh, the fans put these shows together, and they did not want the original series to die. In fact, some of the actors from the original series reprised their roles on these shows. It's really cool. In fact, the son of Scotty, the son of, um, of, uh, <coughs> of Dewan, is in there. He actually plays Scotty, and, and he plays his father's role. And on one of them, I forget which one it is. It might be Star Trek Continues. The guy that plays Dr. McCoy is actually, uh, is actually um, uh, McCoy's son on the, you know, in real life. And, uh, why am I blanking on here on names? It's terrible. I'm sorry. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. So you, you, you see a continuation there. And, it's kind of, and they're pretty darn good, all in all. Very entertaining. So if you're interested in seeing any of those, you know, go check them out on YouTube. Type in Star Trek um, fan-based movies and series, and you'll see them there. You know, especially if you're a big fan of uh, the original series like I am, it's 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 good to see those, and, and it's kind of fun to see different people playing Captain Kirk and uh, and uh, you know and, and Spock, and it's been really and good. The stories are pretty good. I don't know who writes the stories for them, but it's it's pretty decent. They've gotten they've I believe they got help from uh, from uh, Industrial Light and Magic to do the special effects. And the and it's really really good. It's it's actually they're they're actually pretty nice. So you know because the original series only went to three years and then it was canceled. It was supposed to be a five year mission uh, Enterprise. These are the voyages of the Star Trek Enterprise. It's five year mission. Well, these were these are continuing stories of those missions, and it's pretty good. I actually think they're well worth it. So if you uh, if you get an opportunity, you know, yeah, definitely check them out. All right, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be back uh, shortly, and we will continue with Talking Trek here on The Truth Must Be Told.
All right. Thank you for uh, – let me take that quick break. And for those of you who are watching on uh, Facebook, there was only a few seconds that went by, but uh, we are uh, – we had to squeeze that in because I have a, a paid promotion I'll have to put on there when I go to anchor.fm. But welcome back, and thank you for joining us again as we continue to talk Trek here on The Truth Must Be Told. Now, before we continue, let me ask you a question. All right? This is this – is, I'm very serious about this. I'm not kidding around. All right? Totally off the subject of Star Trek. But have you ever had an experience with the supernatural, the paranormal, or the unknown? And it may frighten you, and maybe you've, you've have experienced that, and you're, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't want to talk about it, but, you know, maybe sometimes talking about it would be a good thing. So, um, but have you ever had any kind of experience with that, something that's been a bit unusual or um, thing? We'd like to hear about it here. Uh, you could share it with me at the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. That's the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. Now, when you share your story and your experience, I could tell you, promise you these things. Okay. I could promise you that one, you will not be spammed. I do not have time to sit here and send out spam emails to everybody. I'm a small operation. It's me. I do uh, pre-production, post-production, um, production. I do everything here. Okay. I do the lighting. I do. I don't have time for all of that. Okay. All your stories will remain anonymous. I will not give your name out over the air. I will not do that because I know how people think. All right. I know how people think I've experienced uh, some, you know, things myself and I've tried telling people about it and they think I'm absolutely crazy. I'm not crazy. Okay. I'm not crazy. But I just, you know, there's, there's people out there that just have get the wrong idea, and I don't want that to happen to you. So that's not what we're about here. I will not embarrass you in any way. All right, number three, I won't mock you. I won't laugh at you. <laughs> you. You saw that? I'm not going to do that because I know. Look, I'm an experiencer myself, all right? I've seen things and, and heard things and seen things that are definitely – beyond the supernatural, and uh, I'll tell you something right now, the number four, you will be safe, okay? You'll be safe to share. I'm not going to discuss that at all. Now, the reason I'm asking for you to submit a story to me and do it through email, because it's all private, I won't, I won't even respond to your email. Just put it in there, unless you say uh, you can respond to me. But put in the, in the, uh, in the uh, subject line, put in, you know, weird story or something like that. Uh, and just send it to me at the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. All right. So I'm going to be revisiting the paranormal, probably going to be doing this near the end of August, beginning of September. Uh, I'd like to move it in because uh, it, we're getting close to the Halloween thing and we're moving into that time of year when, you know, people are talking about the supernatural, the ghosts, the goblins and all that stuff. And I actually have, the Halloween show that I was supposed to do last year, and I couldn't because we lost power for four days, um, I plan on doing again um, this year. So that'll be good. Uh, but I want you guys to, to, to you know, that's going to be totally different. But I want to revisit the paranormal one more time. Uh, in fact, maybe just a few times. So if you're interested in sharing your experience, I'll read it on the air. And then we will talk about it from a biblical viewpoint. So I'm hoping, number one, to give you some comfort and some uh, encouragement. All right, so, uh, and I want you to understand that the, and you folks out there who mock those who see these things, these things are real. 
They're happening out there, all right? Uh, people are seeing UFOs. They're seeing ghosts. They're seeing supernatural. Now, I'm not talking about the shows where these professional ghost hunters are out there and they go, oh my gosh, what was that? You're hunting ghosts. Why are you getting scared? Don't you think, don't you should expect something to go bump in the night? So we're going to look at those things from a biblical viewpoint. Oh, and the other thing, Bigfoot. You know, I've been reading a lot of stuff lately about Bigfoot. I'm kind of fascinated on the subject. I've always been fascinated on the subject of the, of cryptids in general. That's, you know, the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and things like that. And um, I'm writing a story about Bigfoot. Whether that gets anywhere or not, I don't know. But it's just a fictional story, something to do, throw together. But there are a lot of uh, sites out there where you can, uh, on especially on YouTube, where you can listen to people tell their stories. And, you know, I'm convinced that Bigfoot is real. Uh, I don't know if the government's doing a cover-up on it or not, because I'm not, I'm not sure. But there are a lot of, there's a lot of speculation out there that the government... Uh, knows about them and actually using them maybe for military purposes or whatever. I don't know, but it's a very good possibility. Uh, th- that's a very good possibility, but, um, you know, Bigfoot, dogmen, uh, down here in the south uh, in Louisiana, in uh, uh, yeah, Louisiana, they call them the Rougarous. Uh, Florida, they're called the uh, skunk apes. Uh, in, in Tibet, they're called yetis. So all of these... You know, they, and they have a they have a place, <clears throat> and I find it very very interesting. So if you've ever had an experience, I really would be interested in hearing it. <clears throat> and people people don't mock these folks. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You don't see the air, but it moves things around. All right. So there's things out there that we do not understand, and there are cryptids out there, or, uh, there are animals out there that we are now finding to be true. Giant squids used to thought they was just a figment of imagination. They're finding them now. As the probes the ocean, as they go down further, they where they didn't think anything would be living, they're finding all these phenomenal creatures out there. So don't go past it. We got millions of acres of un- unused land, and it's a very good possibility that a Bigfoot, that Bigfoot does does exist, a Sasquatch. So but there's a whole interesting story behind those, and I'm gonna get back into it again. So please, if you're interested. Please, the truth must be told, 93 at gmail.com, all right? And the reason, I, again, I want to address it is due to the fact that so many people are interested in it, and if it, there weren't a call for it, you know, all the networks on TV and everything, they would be, they wouldn't have shows. But they're offering so many shows on the subjects of ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, you know, dogmen, chupacabras, uh, all kinds of things that are out there. And if you've experienced any of this, I really would like to hear. The truth must be told, 93 at gmail.com. All right, so uh, please write to, please write in, all right? And, um, you know, but we'll, we'll look at these things from a paranormal, from a biblical perspective, or we'll investigate the paranormal together. I think it's something we should we should all look at. All right, so back to Star Trek. I appreciate you letting me ramble on there for five minutes about that, but I, it's important that we get that out. That's just important that people know. All right, so um, uh, what I want to do is uh, I'll go over a couple of things here. So Star Trek. Now, I was born in 1958, so I was about 10 years old when the original series hit the airwaves, and my whole family tuned in. All right, especially we watched, we tuned in every week, we watched the voyages of the Enterprise and its crew and the unflappable Captain Kirk. 
No, it was years ahead of its time with technology that hadn't been invented yet. Some of that tech has come to pass, come to be, and others are still working on it as I speak, uh, are being worked on as I speak. Now, it's interesting. You know, Kirk and Spock talked to computers. They had disks, flop, floppy little things. They had disks and they put in floppy disks, which hadn't been heard of yet. You know, there was a, a digital pad that they wrote on. That hasn't been invented yet. In fact, the uh, interesting thing, I'd like to try to find another copy of the book because I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if my ex-wife threw it out or whatever. But I had a copy of a book called um, The Making of Star Trek. And what I found interesting in this book is that Gene Roddenberry had said when, you know, when the writers came up, he, he said to the writers, I want you to think of not... See, that's what separated it from other science fiction. When you look at, at, at movies like um, take, um, take uh, The Angry Red Planet. There's an old sci-fi. You know, they're landing in the spaceship. <laughs> they're landing in this spaceship, and it's got, you know, these massive computers and, and all these vacuum tube stuff. And, you know, and... and, and Roddenberry was thinking ahead. He said, no, he says, you're not going to have that in the 24th century. You know, in this time of, the, this time of the, 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 in life, when this stuff's taking place, 23rd century, 24th century, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like that. It's, it, we got to think ahead. What are they going to use? So they had to come up with all kinds of crazy ideas. And that even followed through into the, the next generation, by the way, because Geordie's eyepiece was actually a headband. And they saw it and said, oh, that'd be good. So they used it as his, as his visor. Uh, modified a little bit and used it as his visor. It was a headband, you know, a hairband, push your hair back. So um, not that I have that problem. Because, uh, bald is beautiful. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they were ahead of their time. So Gene Roddenberry had said, okay, so we've got to think of things ahead of the time. So they came up, well, would a doctor take a blood pressure? Would he take a pulse? No, he'd have some kind of mechanical device where he can scan the body. This is what they thought of. And they would scan it. They used a medical tricorder, and they came up with this device called the tricorder, and it was able to scan and tell you your DNA sequencing, your blood pressure, your pulse. If you had anything wrong with you, it like does an instantaneous check of all of the, uh, of all of the, the stuff going on in your body, which I thought was really interesting. And I was like, where is that? We need that nowadays. <laughs> we need that. You know, where is the Star Trek stuff? Where's my medical tricorder so I could see how I'm doing? Um, you know, would doctors be using needles? No, he'd be using an, an air hypo, you know, so like, you know, so psst, go in through the skin, you know, you have to do all that stuff. The, um, the doctors would have um, beds, and you lay them on the bed, a medical diagnostic bed, and it would tell you everything about that patient, how much pain he's in, what his blood pressure, pulse rate, all that stuff's in, so he can be constantly monitored. Uh, the doors that would open, slide open, all those things that uh, they thought of that it would be like. They wouldn't open doors in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the future. Doors would open automatically as they walked to them. And as he produced these things and they came out on the air, he would get letters from major corporations like GE and other big companies saying, where did you get our ideas of a medical diagnostic bed? Where did you steal that from? We were in the process of trying to make something like that. Uh, he would get letters from 
um, automatic door companies. How, you know, where did you get our idea of sliding doors? Where'd you get that? We've been working on it. You know, and he had to constantly prove that it was just something that they thought of to uh, what it would be like in the future. You know, they tried to be, they tried to think ahead. Okay, man wouldn't be, and ironically, I don't know if you know this or not, there's a bit of trivia about Star Trek. Here's a bit of a trivia thing about it. Did you know that the transporter device, it was created because it would have cost too much money for them to show the first ship landing down on the planet all the time? Too, too much money to produce it, and they were on such a tight budget as it was. So it was cheaper for them to transport them down, and that's become a mainstay of, star, you know, beam me up, Scotty. So this whole thing was uh, was done because of, of, of money, and it was just it was funny because that's just the way it worked out. But it made sense. Would people in the 25th century, 23rd century, be getting onto a shuttlecraft or a small vehicle, or would their ship land? It just seems to be too much involved. So it's easier just to beam somebody down to a point on the planet and scramble their atoms and put it down. And they're, they're working on that today. Um, I've heard in, it was in England, I think, where they successfully transported one molecule of one atom or something from one point to the next. That's just one. They have to, you know, there's, there's the, and the thing about Star Trek is when you watch the shows, they, they make references to other things, which would be logical assumptions like a, you know, a Heidelberg, um, Heidelberg compensator, you know, I mean, uh, with his theory, Heidelberg had a theory of, of things, so they used it, they used that, that phrase and phraseology in there, and they explained how warp drive works, and my biggest argument with Star Wars fans is when I ask them, well, how does your, how do your ships jump into light speed? I don't know, they just do. Well, see, that was the problem with, <laughs> that was the problem with the science fiction as I was growing up. They didn't have answers to things. But in Star Trek, you can look up anything for, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, anything from phasers to warp drive, and they will scientifically, somewhere along the lines in their, in their, in their um, episodes, they will explain it or give you hints on how it's done. And it's those hints that scientists have taken. You know, we, we, do, have, uh, we do have ion propulsion, which is that that they've used to build some ships with ion propulsion, which is essentially the um, the impulse power from the Enterprise. So there's a lot of stuff like that that they're working on, and they they, they already know in theory that they can bend space and create a, a static warp field that a ship can go through. It just takes tremendous amount of power. So they're working on is there such a thing as antimatter? And those things are being discussed now in the scientific world. I, I find that fascinating. I find it just amazing that, that you know, and it's, there's a saying that says um, science fiction leads to science fact. And I find it just phenomenal that all these things are taking place. So, you know, my love for Star Trek goes beyond a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, but I absolutely love Star Trek. I, um, and, 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 you know, how they're doing that. Now, the new movies, let me get into the new movies a little bit, really quick. Uh, in the new movies, we're seeing, um, 
uh, Christopher Pine as as Kirk, which I think he's doing a tremendous job. And the guy that's playing uh, uh, both Bones and the guy that plays uh, Scotty, they're phenomenal actors, and I love them. They're just really great. But um, the uh, the the what they've done is they've they created a new alternate universe that takes place at the same time as the original series, but it's an alternate universe. And it was kind of hard for me to swallow at first because, eh, you know, eh, yeah. But as I watched them, I thought they they became pretty good. I thought they were they were well done. And they're fun. They're fun movies. Um, so I'm looking forward to see if they're going to come out with another one. But I don't, uh, you know, I'm don't, not as gaga over them as I am with the the original series and everything else. Uh, and if you know, if you've ever noticed behind me, I've got a whole Star Trek thing up there on my shelf, and I got more than that. Uh, it's in a box. <laughs> I got no room for it. <laughs> but there's uh, there's quite a bit, and you know, I absolutely love Star Trek. So um, now on the uh, on the side of Star Trek, you know, my my whole thing, and a lot of Christians will, you know, probably agree with me on that. There's a lot of well, one, there's a lot of sexual stuff going on in Star Trek. Number two, there's um, the thing of religion is kind of left out, and. Now in the new stuff, they're they're uh, promoting homosexuality. So it, it is kind of a, a a a wobbly place to be. But you have to remember that it, if you're going to enjoy this series, if you're going to enjoy Star Trek, um, how do I say that? Oh, and I'm sorry, my fan kicked it back on automatically. It is about 78 degrees here in my office. And with the lights on and everything else, makes so I, I just left the fan running, so I hope that noise isn't bothering you. I'm hoping that the microphone doesn't pick it up. Uh, if it does, I do apologize. That's what you've been hearing. So, <clears throat> but looking at it from a Christian point of view, a you know, biblical perspective, yeah, you know, there's, there's yeah, they, they, they attach things that they shouldn't. Okay, I let it go because, number one, it doesn't rule my life. Star Trek is not my idol, all right? Jesus Christ is my, is my, is my God. You know, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I don't bow down before the altar of, of you know, Kalos or something. That's not me. All right, I don't, I, I don't. I enjoy the shows because that bit of fantasy that's in there, you know, it kind of takes you away from the day-to-day stuff that's going on and helps you to relax a little bit. That's why I enjoy it. I also love the science. I think the science is spectacular. Uh, the fact that they've come up with these things way ahead of time. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of that taking place now in, in our scientific flip phones, you know, Star Trek communicators. That's why when Motorola came up with their flip phone, they called it the StarTAC because um, it Reminded you of the the way I used to warn my customers: don't flip it open like a communicator; you'll break the hinge. <laughs> so, but yeah, so uh, just take it with a grain of salt. Don't get yourself all uppity up about it. Enjoy it, because I know some of you out there that are Christians will, will, will say that, and you might like Harry Potter. 
I won't watch Harry Potter, just out of principle, because that's just blatant witchcraft, and I won't get involved in that at all. So I know very little about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, there's also a lot of movies out there that we really have to be careful with. You know, we have to watch very, very carefully what we're, what we're you know, Bible says, you know, we had a little, not the Bible, but the, the, the uh, there used to be a song that we used to sing, be careful little eyes what you see. You know, be careful little eyes what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. You know, then it talks about be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little lips what you speak okay because the father up above is looking down in love so be careful with what you do but there are things that I just will not will not interact with or get excited about and one of those definitely is the Harry Potter thing and there's been a lot of movies out there that uh, blatantly will attack Christianity (coughs) And it's not talked about too much anymore, but you have movies like The Shack, The uh, Da Vinci Code. All of these things. Now, Da Vinci Code is really based more on Roman Catholicism, excuse me. Which, if you listen to my show on Roman Catholicism, you know it's, they're based on the dogma of the church. And that uh, they, they, they say that Mary was the Holy Grail and all this stuff. If you believe the Holy Grail uh, stuff, so that's what that's about. But we don't bother with that. So yeah, we have to be very, very careful what we see, what we listen to. But you know, don't let that stop you from getting involved in some you know good stuff. I mean, I, I left. Hey, you know, in the today society, it's just so funny because I just want to address this real quick. I got about ten minutes left. Today, Tuesday show is usually about an hour long, folks. So just letting you know. Um, because this is the show that I will be sending to uh, impactradiousa.com. You can also find me there along with a lot, of, a, a lot of other good shows there. So definitely check that out, impactradiousa.com. Uh, definitely you can you can check that uh, and, and check me out there. My show runs uh, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, seven days a week. And it changes on Monday. They put the new show up. This one will be broadcast on there the following no, the following Monday. So whatever date that is, where is my calendar? Uh, my calendar. Sun will come out tomorrow. My calendar will come up today. Today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that one will be out on the 19th. So this show will be out on the 19th on impactradio.com, and you can catch it there. So if you're driving in your car or whatever, you can you can check it out at this locate at that uh, website as well, as well as checking it out. You can listen to all the episodes on Anchor.fm. Yeah, just be careful. Be careful what you're looking at and whatever. But shows, old shows, old old uh, sci-fi's that were done in the 40s and 50s. You could see the acknowledgement of God in those shows. And even the scientists who were staunch, you know, staunch uh, um, scientists, you know, they had to have absolute proof, still believed in God. And they, it was, it was, it was you know, the end of War of the Worlds in that movie. 
uh, the statement was made. You know, the aliens, the Martians were stopped and, and, and uh, civilization uh, was saved due to little things that God in his wisdom put in on the earth. And I thought that was, you know, that's really good. Uh, there's a movie called This Island Earth. I'm just thinking of ones off the top of my head where I can remember. Uh, when they get to this uh, Metaluna, to this planet that's being destroyed, uh, the leader of the planet tells them that uh, they're going to, you know, uh, brainwash them so to do, you know, follow their bidding and whatever. And the guy says, he says, how weak you, you earthlings are. He says, our strength comes from the his faith in our God. And, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the leader was like, he looked at the other guy, you still think you can help these people? You know, there was an acknowledgement of the existence of God in these movies. Now they don't. They don't. If they, if they do, if you, see a, if you see a show today about, you know, God and, or a movie today where they bring God into it, it's usually either a lot of fanaticism, um, it's a lot of, you know, just a lot of nonsense. And they don't talk about the truth. They just have to have, you know, got to have, they're going to have God in there. We've got to have sex in there too. And we've got to make the Christians look like they're a bunch of idiots. So a lot of that stuff's out there, and we just, you know, we've got to pray for those people. We really do. But, you know, your wholesome movies, your other movies from the, from the you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, those, those uh, sci-fis in there were absolutely phenomenal for fun. Uh, my favorite definitely is War of the Worlds. If you guys have not seen that, I think it's on Pluto TV. I think it's on Pluto. Yeah, I think it's on Pluto TV. I think you can watch it there. Uh, or get a copy of it because that was the for 1953 when that came out, phenomenal movie, phenomenal movie. And just real quick here, they spent um, they spent one million dollars to make that movie. That was a 1953 dollars, okay, one million dollars to make that movie. Only two hundred thousand dollars of that was the actors' salaries. The rest was put into the special effects. And the special effects were really good for the day, okay? So if you get a chance to see that, you know, say, well, take a look at the special. This was before CGI, before, before all of that other nonsense out there. Hey, I got a son here, Michael. Mike, what are you saying here, Mike? We just watched Star Trek Into Darkness. I'm not trekking beyond the original. Help me out with Captain Pike. Uh, at the end of the two-part special, he goes with aliens and is given the illusion, sort of health. Then he reappears. Oh yeah, that's because the the real the what it is, Mike, is the um, the movies. And I addressed this before. The movies were made in an alternate universe. If you watch the first Star Trek movie, you will see there's an, a Romulan ship that comes out of an alternate universe. And changes it. So the original series and the movies are actually working side by side in the exact same time frame. So at this point in the, Kel that's called the Kelvin timeline. The Kelvin timeline, Captain Pike has not been injured yet. He, he, it's totally, that, that took place in the original series timeline. So when that, when that, uh, when the Romulan ship came out of the time warp, it messed everything up. So that's why you had the difference in between the two. Um, 
Yeah, Nimoy is playing the original Spock. Yes, I saw that. Uh, let's see, also Nimoy, I assume, is playing the original Spock. No, it is Spock himself, okay? Um, he's, he, uh, that is actually Spock. It's not, uh, it's not Spock's father. It's not uh, Sarek. It's, uh, it's actually Spock there in that show, all right, in that movie. Uh, it's his future self. He was not affected by the time, well, he was the one that the, the, the uh, Romulans were chasing, and he uh, didn't go through that time warp and wound up on, um, on the, uh, let's see, that was the planet, let me think. Uh, let's see, Mike, 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 texting me, trying me here. That was on the, uh, if you remember the original series, when uh, when the guy got the ESP and the, the thing and they brought him to the cracking station at, I forgot where it was, but anyway, that's where, that's where Spock wound up. And so Spock was still there. So Leonard Nimoy is Spock, but he's the Spock of the future. Not the Spock of the past, who we see the younger guy doing. So that's what happened. And I know it does get confusing because the um, because of that timeline. But it actually is, if you watch the first movie of the new ones with Christopher Pine, the first movie explains it with the uh, Romulans coming out of that uh, time warp, and it messed up the whole timeline. It just screwed everything up. And so now you've got... Because I, I was a little confused myself because they show the Enterprise being built on the land. Like I thought it was built in space, so there was a lot of, a lot of confusion on that. So that I hope that cleared it up a little bit for you. But that's what it was. It was a, um, I think in Kirk's original timeline, not the Kelvin timeline where the movies are in, but the original timeline. Yes, uh, Pike is severely injured, and he goes to, um, he goes to, um, back to um, back to Talos. And he's given the illusion of health, and he lives the rest of his life there. That's in the one timeline. But again, this is a time warp type of thing. So now you have the Kelvin timeline that comes out, and now you've got this whole messed up universe, which is, you know, Pike is back to normal, and, you know, you've got Spock there, but the original Spock is still there, so they, they played it around like that. So I hope that helped. All right. Ooh, I got to get out of here. Okay, guys, I got to cut this. So, <laughs> you know, if you have any other questions, email me. Uh, it was good to see you all. I hope you all enjoyed the program. Thank you for uh, tuning in today. If you have any more comments, just email it to me. God bless. Have a wonderful day.